Hello and thanks for downloading episode 57 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... Ball down the line by Verdon, then stops and gets Connolly away. And Dylan Connolly's on the edge of the Portsmouth penalty area. Connolly's going to try and curl it beautifully. Oh, so close. I thought he'd curled that majestically into the bottom corner of Gavin Bazunu's goal. And it's inches wide at the far post. A fine effort and a great through ball from Cole Stockton to pick him up. Connolly uses his pace and latches onto the ball, cuts inside. And for all the world, I thought that was going to ruffle the net over in the far corner, as did everybody around us. Ball on the edge of the area, knocked down towards Arthur Nahua, who of course scored a brace against Charlton on Good Friday, and he's added to it. No, he hasn't. How has that stayed out? I think the keeper, Bazuno at full stretch, got a half a finger on it, hit the post, rolled along the goal line, and out it goes for a corner. I'm not sure how Arthur Nahua didn't score there. What a save if he did get a touch on it from Bazuno and Morecambe, oh, so close to taking the lead. We're just talking about the goalkeeper's abilities, and if he has got fingertips to that, it's an excellent save. A very fierce strike from Arthur Nahua on the edge of the box. Looked destined to be nestling in the corner, but a fine save. And that's the confidence that Arthur's uh, playing with at the minute, isn't it? Lovely ball from Liam Gibson to find Greg Lee on this right-hand side. Goes low where Stockton's drive is saved. It's nearly tapped in. That's a fine double stop, and I think it might have been cleared off the line there, second time of asking. Third time now, Portsmouth rocking inside their penalty area, and Morecambe still can't force the ball home. It's Bazunu again. I wish I didn't say anything. He's having an excellent game so far. Five minutes to go before half-time. Shrimps live on Beyond Radio. Morecambe nil, Portsmouth nil. In the Eastern Monday sunshine at the Mazuma. Robertson crosses the ball in, heads go up, it's Curtis who wins it. And they're turning the cross and that's going to be the opening goal of the afternoon. It's the central defender, Sean Raggett, with it. He was allowed time and space to turn and shoot from close range. And he finds the top corner of Trevor Carson's goal to open the scoring for Pompey. Free kick swung in by Clark Robertson. Curtis at the back post nods it back into deep into the six-yard box and it was Raggett who turns and buries it in the top corner on 41 minutes to make it Morecambe nil, Portsmouth 1. You can't afford to do that, you cannot afford to give a player so much time and space to control the ball, turn and hit it and that's what unfortunately Morecambe have done there and Portsmouth have uh, taken the lead with three minutes to go before half-time, Derek Adams will not be uh, will not be too happy with that. But it was the time that he had, Matt. Yeah, that's exactly it. Too much time, too much space. If they play through us and it's lovely, lovely football, as you can say, OK, that was a good goal, but that was very defendable and we've let ourselves down there, I think. Not like Morecambe in recent weeks, neither defensively. You know, we've been a lot tighter, a lot sounder. Reese Bennett fizzes it towards the edge of the box. Arthur Nahua might be oh. interested. And he might get a lucky bounce to the ball. Oh, it's just gone wide. And if the luck's going for you, that bobbles into the net. Bazunu with the clearance, cannon back off the shins of Arthur Nahua, and it's just bobbles wide of the post. Fain comes away with the ball, really good play that from Oz in the heart of the Morecambe midfield, moving into 
Portsmouth territory gets the ball out towards Dylan Conley now on this right hand side lovely give and go Usman feigns in nosebleed territory on the edge of the area I'm not sure he knows what to do instead he gets it back to Stockton oh Cole's going to be disappointed there that he didn't get it either side of the keeper got good contact on his effort from the edge of the box but it was straight up for Zunu Nobleby gets it to Robertson and then Louis Thompson gets it back to Bazunu and up for the second oh that's the second time that Bazunu's had a clearance charge down that time by Adam Phillips and it just bounces over the crossbar if you looks in you looks in picked up by Morecambe once more play allowed to continue with Diago Raga and then on this right hand side is Arthur Nahua gets the ball across is it in it yes! is it it's, oh! oh it's offside oh, it's handball no it's not I think it's handball from Tiana Diago Raga it's not going to stand it's not going to stand. Ball across from Arthur Nahua. I thought Toombs had bundled it in at the near post. And it's not going to count. I must admit, that was the first thought that I had. I did ask the question. Ah. Oh. On this right-hand side is Arthur Nahua. Couldn't get the cross in. Wins another corner for Morecambe. And the Mazuma noise cranks up another notch. Wondering for a second if Trevor Carson will be going up. He's staying put for the time being. Corner comes in from Greg Lee, left-footed towards the edge of the six-yard box. He's but it's all it's in. And that time the equaliser is going to count, and it's Jonah Ayunga. Lovely corner from Greg Lee. Mazunu, all at sea, he is protesting to referee Bobby Manley that there was a foul in the build-up there. Donny Cowley cannot believe it, but it fell to Jonah Ryunga, six yards out, and Jonah smashes it in for his sixth goal of the season to level things up in stoppage time, and that could save a crucial point for Derek Adams' men. It's Morecambe 1, Portsmouth 1, Jonah Ryunga. They keep knocking on the door, this Morecambe side. They don't know when they're beaten. Keep trying and keep trying. Ultimately, you will get the opportunity. Can you convert it? Yes, you can. Jonah Younger from close range draws the shrimps level deep into injury time. And it's Morecambe 1, Portsmouth 1. How valuable could that goal be? We spoke all game about the luck just not going our way. Didn't quite get the bounce of the ball. Couldn't quite get the shot on target. That time, the ball fell nicely for Jonah. And the juggernaut smashes it into the back of the net for an equaliser. And that could prove to be a vital point for the Shrimps if we can just hold on for the next two minutes. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps' verdict on Beyond Radio. We definitely deserve to win the game, you know, because um, if you look at their goalkeeper, he's had some really outstanding saves. Um, we had 19 attempts in goal to Portsmouth's nine, uh, so that tells you how dominant we were in the game. We had so many good opportunities to, to win the game by a greater margin, and uh, we deserve more than a point today. We deserve the full, you know, three points. We're all here, we're really happy we got the point, but are you in a way a bit disappointed that you didn't get the three? Yeah, I am, because how dominant we were in the afternoon. Um, Portsmouth are a very good side, you know, I've known that over the years, but um, they didn't uh, cause us much trouble today. And uh, I think that that's testament to the team. But on the flip side, the amount of good opportunities we had, you know, if we had won four or five, one today, nobody could have complained. Um, we were 
outstanding all over the pitch and uh, you know an, an excellent performance from us. You mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you thought things were beginning to click and that performance again followed on from the other performances at Charlton and uh, Burton Albion. It is clicking, it's clicking fast. Yeah, I mean, we've obviously put ourselves in a you know much better position than we were in when we first came into the club, and uh, I think that that's important. And we've had a lot of tough fixtures uh, to go with, and uh, we still got two huge you know games to come. But uh, you know, to put ourselves in the position we were in, uh, we are in now, and to play as well as we did today was outstanding. Usman Farney got the Man of the Match award, but it could have gone to so many players, couldn't it today? Yeah, it could have been. You know, I think that um, you know. Uh, over the piece, I thought that uh, you know, out of possession, we were very good. In possession, you know, we created some really good opportunities in the game, and uh, you know, we deserve to be you know further ahead in the match. Two games to go. Uh, what do you say to your players now? Yeah, we've got to go to MK Dons next, which is a tough fixture because MK Dons are at the top of the the, the league and uh, you know pushing for an automatic promotion place. And then we're at home to Sunderland, and uh, they've got it all to play for. So, um, you know, two exciting games for us. But you know, we put ourselves in a much better position. That's all you can ask. And uh, you know, we've made you know the Morecambe fans very proud tonight. Talking of the Morecambe fans, nearly five thousand here against said They were fantastic, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I believe it was the record home attendance, uh, you know, since coming to uh, the ground. And uh, I think that, you know, shows the support they've got for the football club. And they've seen a very good game today and uh, seen a lot of good opportunities. And uh, they'll just be delighted to, you know, see their team pick up a point. And they'll really feel that they should have picked up three. What has changed in the past few weeks? What have you done different than what was happening before? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that, <laughs> but uh, I have got a group of players that... Um, you know, are working for the cause and uh, I think that the players deserve all the credit. It's them that go on the park and uh, fight and scrap for every ball. It's them that defend and uh, go and create, you know, opportunities and uh, we've got a tight-knit group squad now that uh, are doing well. As it stands now, hopes of survival have much improved in recent weeks but you've still got a bit to do yet. Yeah, we've still got a lot to do, you know, tough games to come and uh, I think that that's you know, something that uh, we've got to deal with. But, um, you know, tonight we've added another point to our points total, which, uh, you know, helps us. Hi, Derek. Thanks as always and well done. Thank you. What's the difference today, Derek, the fact that we weren't quite as clinical in the final third as, as what we have been in recent weeks? Um, I think that, um, you know, the goalkeeper was outstanding. Um, he's made a number of very good uh, saves. Uh, we haven't been quite able to get the ball in the back of the net. You know, a couple have gone over the bar or just past the post. But... Uh, over the 90 minutes, I can't be any more happier with the team. You can't really do much more than Arthur Nahua drive it towards the bottom corner, the world-class stop onto... I suppose if you looks in, it hits the post and bubbles over the line, doesn't it? But we didn't quite get that rub of the green today. No, we didn't. I think that, you know, there was a couple of opportunities in the first half and even the second half as well, where, you know, a couple of balls went into the box and they went over the bar when they quite easily could have gone, you know, into the back of the net. Their goalkeeper miss kicks a shot against one of our players and it goes past the post. But, uh, you know, over the afternoon, we're probably disappointed that we haven't taken the three points, but uh, that does show you, you know, the confidence that we have in the group. That's 10 points from the last five games. That's, well, playoff form, isn't it, in any by any measure and that has given us a real real fighting chance now still got that three point gap yeah I mean we've got uh, you know tough fixtures to come but everyone's got tough fixtures at this moment in time 
you know, we're going to have to take, you know, more points between now and the end of the season to allow us to be, you know, survive. And uh, we can only keep on working as hard as we are. Thanks, Gaffer. Happy Easter. Thank you. Well, Jonah, 93rd minute equaliser. It's so much nicer scoring in the 93rd minute than conceding, isn't it? Not wrong. Yeah, we've had a few go against us. Bolton being the most recent one, so it's nice for roles to be reversed for once and us get the equaliser. Just speaking to Derek Adams before as well, and it was a fully deserved equaliser. You really should have won the game in many ways. Yeah, first half I thought we were unbelievable. We had Arthur's hit the post, Dills has had a great opportunity, double save off of Cole, I think it was, that we could have been free up easily. So, deserved the, deserved the point and could have been more, I think. What was the spirit like in the dressing room after the game? Big, big result. Especially when you're, you're holding on for that long, hoping that you're going to get one last chance to get it. And... It's a bit of disappointment because we know we deserve the three, but to get the one in the end is, is, is massive. To give the lads credit, you, you battled all the way to the end and uh, we could sort of see that a goal might come, but the longer the game went on, the more frustrating you could get, yeah. but you kept your cool. Yeah, yeah, chances were coming and going and then we had Toombs's one that's flicked up, hit him on the arm and gone in, which he said it was a handball, so that's the right decision, but we kept going, had him, had him where we wanted him and we got the chance in the end. And what about yourself? You got half an hour today. We've not seen that much of you lately, but uh, you're still fit. You're still ready to go and still ready, obviously. Yeah, yeah, still ready to go. Like whenever the gaffer wants to put me in, I'm ready to go. So happy to get a good amount of time today and obviously get the goal as well. And it does show that uh, we've got plenty of options off the bench now as well. Yeah, yeah. The togetherness, like the bench, they're kicking every ball. Like as the match is going on, everyone on the bench is is wanting to get on and willing the team on with every decision, every action. So it's good. There's a lot of togetherness, and you can see that on the pitch. How hard has it been for you sitting on the sidelines for much of the past few weeks? I know, yeah. I've wanted to get on and, and do my part, but the boys have been winning, so that's the main thing. That like, As long as we get it over the line, like, I'm just happy to be a part of it. There does seem to be a fantastic team spirit, which is going to be so, so important. Yeah. Every, as I said, like everyone's together, everyone's driving the same way, and the results are coming as well now, which is a good thing. Two games to go. Job's not done yet, but uh, you've put yourselves in a good opportunity, haven't you? Yeah, we'll be going to MK to win and we'll be going, coming back here to win at Sunderland. Like, we'll get it everything that we've got, so looking forward to those two games. They are big games, big clubs, but you've proven in the past weekend that uh, the size of the club doesn't really matter. No, it's a good, great result down at Charlton. And we've had good results here against Wickham and Chef Wednesday, so anything's possible. Crowd's been unbelievable, especially today, and uh, we'll need them last game of the season for sure. That last game of the season, it, it should be a massive occasion, should it? It'll be a full house here against Sunderland, and uh, hopefully you can push on and uh, ensure that survival. That's it. Hopefully it doesn't come to the last game, but if it does, I know we'll have the backing of everyone here, and uh, we'll give it everything we've got. It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio, and in the Easter Monday afternoon sunshine here at the Mazuma Stadium, it finished Morecambe one. Portsmouth won uh, a goal right at the death in the third minute of stoppage time and uh, it's so nice for something to go our way late on in games because it's uh, happened against us so often this season and how big a point could that prove to be come at uh, the end of the campaign in just a couple of weeks time hello from Dave Salmon and uh, Matt Smith from the Shrimps media team uh, both watching the action here on Shrimps Live this afternoon and Matt all things considered I think a point was the very very least that we deserve today yeah, you know, I think how we, we came out of the traps in the first half, again, similar to Charlton, we absorbed a little bit of pressure, but we did that well. And then all of a sudden, we, we, we turn on the um, the attacking threat and we did everything but score. Unfortunately for us, we came up against it. A goalkeeper who was banging, excuse me, banging form. And he just, he was absolutely excellent, wasn't he? Some um, 
an excellent save to his left fingertips to keep Nahua's effort out. And also the double from, uh, from Cole Stockton. So fantastic goalkeeping and we were unlucky to, to come in a goal down at half-time. We spoke about being clinical, haven't we? And in those three wins in the last four games before today, we were putting away our chances and that's what won us the games. Wasn't quite as clinical today. We had, statistically, we had 19 efforts on goal. So to only score one in the last minute of stoppage time, that, that, that tells you the difference between today and the previous few games when we have won. Uh, that said, still a great point. It is. I mean, especially, what, 92nd minute of the game, um, a very important game. You certainly take what, what's given to you. Um, happy for Jonah as well to, to, to get the goal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you look at it in the first half, you think, you know, we could get two or three here and perhaps unlucky that, that we couldn't. But ultimately, when you consider our performance in front of goal not being as clinical as we have been in recent weeks then we, we can certainly be happy with the point and then obviously go again over the next two games we, talk, we spoke before the game about the keeper Gavin Bazunu and uh, he did pull off those those three fantastic saves in the first half didn't really work him very much in the second half until the goal went in I think he's going to be disappointed he didn't get more on it. I know Danny Cowley right in front of us in the technical area uh, thought there was a foul on a, on a defender. I've seen the replay. I've seen the, the, the pitch side replay. Well, maybe Cole and, uh, and the Portsmouth player were getting in a, in a little bit of a tussle, shall we say. But uh, finally, a bit of luck's gone our way. Yeah, and you, they say, don't they, that uh, it evens itself out between whenever and the end of the season. And we've had our fair share of bad luck. We're still season. well in deficit. There's no yeah, doubt about it. we are. We are. Most notably, obviously, the penalty away at Bolton that wasn't given. So I don't think we can have too many complaints. I think we can be, uh, we can be happy. It's not an incident I've seen back, to be honest with you. So I'm not too sure on the complexities of the situation. But ultimately, the bottom line is we come away with a point. Um, another strong performance from the lads. They worked hard. You could see that. And the fans appreciated that. So, all in all, a, a very successful Easter weekend. So that's 10 points from the last five games now. Two points a game gets you in the playoffs at least, if not automatic promotion. So that's the kind of form that Morecambe are in at the moment. Uh, but despite all that, we are still, I say, only three points away from the from trouble in the bottom four. But we've maintained that gap thanks to Gillingham against Fleetwood, I suppose, in hindsight, that was probably nailed on nil-nil, and, and, and so it proved. And, and an equaliser for Wickham. Wimbledon still can't win a game. That's 25 games in League One without victory. They're going down, aren't they? Doncaster, barring a massive goal difference swing, also gone today as well. Yeah, well, the, the form tells you that um, they'll be playing League Two football next season. But ultimately, we know that as crazy as football can be, anything can happen. I know there's only two games to go, but anything can happen in those two games. And that's why, you know, Derek and the staff and the players won't take the foot off the gas. They'll just keep hoping to, to, to keep up the ascendancy and, um, you know, come Saturday afternoon, perhaps have the job done. Um, but ultimately, that's what you've got to do. You've got to take each game at a time and, and not focus on anybody else and hopefully get the job done yourself. In all probability, one relegation spot between Morecambe, Gillingham, and Fleetwood, I would much rather be in Morecambe's position than Gillingham's or Fleetwood's. Yeah, I think I think both teams would be, to be honest with you. Um, like I say, even for me, what pleases me the most is that even when, like I say, 92nd minute, one goal down, um, we just never give up. And I think 
that's there for all to see. Even yeah. the, the teams in and around us, they'll look at this Morecambe side and think they'll keep playing and keep playing until the final whistle. Yeah. And you know, we, we just uh, we'll keep carving out the chances. And even though it's not been our day in front of goal. You keep pushing, you keep pushing, ultimately you're going to be rewarded and that's exactly what's happened this afternoon. Really pleased for Jonah because he came off the bench. He played in a couple of different positions, didn't he, when he came off? He was a central striker, then he was out wide in the 4-1-4-1 towards the end of the game. He's not had much of a kick, has he, under Derek so far. Kept out of the team primarily by Dylan Connolly, I think, on that right side uh, and the extra pace that, that, that Dills provides. But he played his part today and right place, right time. Yeah, um, like you say, he's proven that he's a versatile player by by fitting into those different areas on the pitch. Um, and obviously, we saw him earlier on in the season. Certainly, an exciting player. Uh, not been lucky with injuries or anything like that. But like you say, since the gaffer came in, in terms of uh, game time, he's not had too much of it. So it's nice to see him given an opportunity, a fair chunk of playing time as well this afternoon, and uh, bags himself at what could prove to be a vital equaliser. So. Um, uh, and, well, ultimately grabs Morecambe a, a point. So, yeah, I'm delighted for him. On to MK then. We're going to be talking to uh, Liam Manning from the MK1 podcast in just a, a few moments to get the full lowdown on all things Milton Keynes, Dons. As we record this, they are actually playing tomorrow against uh, their opposition. So uh, they are well in the mix, though, come what may, for automatic promotion. It's probably about as difficult a game as it could get. But we're, we're going to go there and uh, give it everything we've got. Yeah, I mean, every single game we've played this season has been difficult in one way or another. Um, you're, you're looking at the Charlton game, that was a, a tough one. Uh, you look at this afternoon, another tough game, but we've proven that we can come through those tough games with results, whether that be a point or all three. So I'm sh- I'm absolutely sure that that'll be going through the minds of the team and the staff that despite it is a difficult place and they're obviously a very good side, so are we on our day. So if you go and attack the game like that, there's no reason why. We can't come away with all three points. And finally, Matt, where's your money? We're staying up, aren't we? I'm not going to curse it. <laughs> uh, we're in a, a promising position and we're constantly taking big steps towards it. That's very civilised of you, Matt. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to uh, go, yes, we're going to stay up. Of course we're going to stay when, up. When it happens, there will be a, a big a big roar. Well, hopefully we can get the job done next <laughs> week. Uh, I mean, even if we lose and Gillingham lose, that'll probably be enough. So, so much riding on next weekend. I, I, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, there's no reason not to be excited. We've seen enough from this Morecambe side throughout the campaign to suggest that every, every game that we go into can be an exciting affair, and hopefully that's another one on Saturday. Have a good week, Matt. We'll speak to you on Saturday. Cheers, Dave. You too. So on we go then to another massive game this coming Saturday afternoon. Stadium MK, the destination for the Shrimps. MK Dons going for automatic promotion into the championship. So a huge test for Derek Adams' men this weekend. Full match commentary, of course, as ever on Shrimps Live from 2.45 or beyond Beyond Radio on FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio. And of course, via I Follow Shrimps as well. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to Liam Connolly. Liam is one of the hosts of the MK1 podcast a Milton Keynes Dons fans pod and the ideal man then to get the full lowdown on Liam Manning's men ahead of our trip to Milton Keynes this coming Saturday so Liam thanks for coming back on the pod appreciate your time and now before we go any further uh, tell us everything we need to know about the MK1 podcast yeah so it's a podcast we're doing for our second season now Um, so we launched in lockdown um, one of those podcasts essentially um first season went really well um won a few awards which is nice and uh, this season we've got to work with like yourself and plenty of clubs and 
and I'm also external organizers and and organizations and uh yeah no it's been a good time chatting everything dons basically and get to do it with two of my best mates that come to dons so yeah it's good fun I suppose it helps, doesn't it, when you are doing it and a group of mates who are also big fans of the club and that really comes across in the podcast. It is a proper sort of down-to-earth, if you will, fans pod. You tell it like it is. Yeah, and we also like our, our hard-hitting analysis also. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a combination of, like to think of, you know, just mates chatting about Dons and obviously our audience is still mostly Dons fans, so they appreciate that. But also, yeah, just um, mates having a good laugh and, um, yeah, looking at the team you all love, basically. I suppose that that that's what makes it a success, isn't it? Because it's it's not sort of sanitised and it's not controlled by the club in any way. If the team aren't performing, you're going to say so. If the team are doing well, you're going to praise them. Yeah, and, and the club, the club credit all the podcasts that do that in terms of our um, obviously whether it's blogs, podcasts. Um, yeah, they all really appreciate it, regardless of whether we're in really good form or a really bad form. And as if we've been lucky enough to have members of the club on before, we had some this season with Liam Liam Manning coming on recently. Um, and yeah, long may it continue, basically. Now on the field then, Liam, a slight disclaimer here, we are recording this podcast on uh, Easter Sunday before our respective uh, games on uh, Easter Monday. So uh, I suppose quite a bit could change between now and when this podcast gets released. But uh, that being said, uh, you guys are in with a very real chance of automatic promotion. Yeah, even with yesterday's defeat, or I was recording this yesterday's defeat, Sheffield Wednesday, um, yeah, we were a good chance, and I, I do like our chances. Um, obviously, yesterday was a difficult one to take, uh, losing 3-2 Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I was speaking to the lads about last night. I don't think we learned a lesson, really, from the AC Wimbledon game, which is the weekend before we drew 1-1. Um, we started really slow in that game, um, and we paid the price for it going down early, and, of course, the same happened again, and we kind of said on the podcast that, you know, if we do do this again, a, bit, a good team's going to punish us really badly. And of course, every Wednesday come along and um, hits for free, hits for free basically within about 30 minutes of the game. And you know, you're looking at game over there. And um, admittedly, credit to the lads, they came back and got two goals. And of course, the wonder strike for Scott Twine, as usual. Um, but it wasn't enough. Um, and now we're out in, into third place now in the league. Of course, level on points of Rotherham. Um, and Rotherham and Wigan have both got a game in hand over us, which they're going to play. Um, I think it's the 26th of this month. So, yeah, I mean, Rotherham, Rotherham have a very tough run in. Um, and actually, ours isn't easy either. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all sorts of play for. Um, I still like our chances. My wife's been going down for the rest of the season. It's a shame. Um, but we've got a very good team. Uh, and I do like our chances to get second. We'll talk about the team in, in a second, Liam. But in terms of the overall season, how has it gone? I suppose better than expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said this quite a few times, but even when um, Russell Martin did leave to join, join Swansea, um, the, 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 the individual squad met play, players in the squad were always good for top six. And that was always our anticipation. And, you know, you've seen the likes of Matt Riley move on and Peter Keogh, so fine for Premier League promotion now. You know, that, that's not a surprise to us. We can see the quality. Uh, and we've still got some of players, of course, like Scott and players like that who are you know, clearly above this level and playing above this level. Uh, yeah, but to be in the, I think to be in the automatic promotion race at this point would be no one expected that really. Um, I think if we could have been in maybe maybe Sunderland's or Wickham's position right now, we'd have been very happy with it. Um, but yeah, to be up there with the likes of Robert and Wigan really fighting to get into the championship in that second division football is uh, yeah, spectacular. And it's all credit to the coaching team coming on at such short notice. And uh, I think Liam Manning has to be manager of the season for League One for me. We all know the lottery that the playoffs are. So you're going to be fighting tooth and nail, of course, 
to get in that top two. It's a bit, I always think Leeds one's a bit harsh, isn't it? Because there's only those two automatic promotion places. It, it does make it really difficult to, to, to go up automatically, but you don't want to get in the playoffs. I suppose if you are in the playoffs though, it's still going to be a, a fantastic season, but you wouldn't want to be in the dogfight to get fifth and sixth, that's for sure. So I suppose from your point of view, playoffs pr- pretty much guaranteed and hopefully it's going to be a lot more. Yes, yeah. So luckily due to our, our form this year in particular, 2022 in particular, you know, playoffs are, I think we I think we needed, like even this weekend, just gone, we needed Plymouth to lose and then us to basically get a point and then we're in there. So um, yeah, it's very, very close and I think we can get it done probably hopefully midweek against Oxford to be honest um yeah, yeah hopefully it's more you probably are right it's a bit harsh to only two teams to be in an automatic promotion race um but you know typically when it comes to league one there tends to be two standout teams and the rest kind of fall in line whereas this time we've probably got you know two or three standout teams and then there's four or five exceptional ones just below them that have unfortunately dropped points one way or another um, regarding that so yeah it's definitely been the toughest league one I've ever experienced as a Dons fan and um I'm glad we're up there, essentially. And there are going to be a couple of really good teams. Could be Sunderland, could be Wickham, could be Oxford. A couple of those aren't going to even make the playoffs. And I suppose that yeah. shows the quality that, that League One possesses this season. Certainly from our point of view, Liam, it was the one thing I suppose that has shocked us more than anything is how good League One is in comparison to League Two. And as you've alluded to there, one of the, arguably one of the strongest in terms of club for club one of the strongest uh, league ones for quite some time. Yeah, a lot of people talk about how the, the jump up from League 2 to League 1 is this not really massive jump, and I, I completely disagree, especially now. Um, so we came up in a few seasons ago, and we only really didn't struggle because we had like championship quality players in Reese Healy and Chucks and EK in our League 2 squad. Um, so to have those guys coming up to League 1, you know, it made us pretty comfortable and be table team. But yeah, for the likes of yourselves, obviously you've been... Well, I don't want to say fortunate, but you've had a very good striker at Toronto all season. He's scored loads of goals for you. Um, but you also had really nice compliments of players in behind them also. And yeah, you're not had a dogfight just yet, but I'd like to think that maybe with one more result, you'll be fine. Fingers crossed, Liam. We'll talk about <laughs> that in a second. But uh, let's go back, if we can, to earlier in the campaign to the Mazuma Stadium. Now, it was, a, it was 4-0 on the night. And I think it's fair to say, without being overly more biased, that... It wasn't a 4-0 game. You were just super, super, super clinical with your finishing. I think you had five shots and scored four goals. I think we had a dozen shots and didn't get one on target. And that summed the game up, really. But I suppose that's the difference, isn't it, between the top bit of the League One table, the quality that you possess, and when you're fighting at the bottom, nothing goes your way. Yeah, I remember it. I remember that game quite well. So obviously it was it was Storm Marwin, I believe, and we had a massive snowstorm to get to Morecambe. Yeah. Um, but no, it, was, it was good fun. Um, yeah, no, funny enough, we talk about games starting games slow. We actually started that game pretty slow. I remember Harry Darling had a pretty shaky start the first 10 minutes, and you guys had a few, a few chances. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, you know, the quality eventually got through, and um, yeah, it was um, it was one of the last games actually. We actually saw the likes of Ferrari Twine, uh, Mamaisa, and those types of plays in an attacking force together. Um, and yeah, it was one of the ways that. I think a lot of people wanted to go to and couldn't. Um, and the ones that did got rewarded. And um, yeah, I was a new manager now, right? Derek Adams in charge instead of um, Steve Robinson. So a completely different team to face now. 100% different team, which we'll come on to in a second. But from your point of view, Liam, coming into this game on Saturday, no, my, no Mo Isa, Peter Kioso has gone back on loan. You've sold uh, Matt O'Reilly to Celtic. So you guys are a different 
force as well. Has that weakened you in any way or have players come in and stepped up? Um, I don't think it's weakened this in particular. Um, I think Josh McKeck has stepped up a lot. Whether he'll play or not is a different story. It's a real battle between him and David Kasumi as to um, who gets to start and roll alongside Connor Coventry, who's another new recruit, of course. Um, I think with how traditionally Morecambe has kind of just sat back and played a bit of a lower block and kind of relied on, you know, Carl Scott, Carl Scott to get some of the goals. I think it might suit Josh McKechnie a bit more. Um, so he's been a player who's sort of taken over a bit more of a progressive style of football now. So he's, instead of looking to turn back to likes of Darling or Ohora, he's more looked forward to try and cut through the channels and get the ball to Twine and um, probably Troy Parrott now up front. Um but yeah, no, I've got, and of course, there's so many, so many players that come in over the summer. Of course, Connor Wickham also came in over January. Um, as there's a chance now that he gets more minutes um, with Moise's injury. Uh, of course, a really experienced physical striker who, you know, depending on how physical Morgan plan to be, he might be utilised to try and break that up a bit, allow hold-up play for the likes of Troy and and Twine to um, head up field and hopefully score some goals. But yeah, it's a really intriguing battle for two teams that have had quite a lot of adaptation since we last played. So Liam Manning is one of, I suppose you would call it, the new breed of young up-and-coming head coaches coming up through the system. I suppose he was, uh, in, in one way, an unknown quantity when he first joined MK Dons. But my goodness me, what a success he's been. Yeah, it's been a lot of conversation. Even Sky talks about it, how um, Liam Manning's been like gifted this like, uber-talented team. And, you know, they they were, as I kind of pointed, they were destined for at least playoffs this season. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, you know, we've seen there's so many accounts where teams are really, really good players and just completely flopped. I mean, look at Doncaster, for example. I mean, some of the players they've got in their squad should not be competing for like relegation in League One. Um, yeah, no, so it's all credit to him. You know, you can tell when you, when you speak to him personally, when you hear him on interviews, he's a very cool, kind of reflective person. I think over the last couple of weeks, we've kind of seen a bit more of edge to him. I think I think the squad and him have realised, you know, how much this means to everyone and how much they love to go up. And there's been a bit of a bit of a bit of grit behind him, which is nice to see. It's nice to see a different side to him. Um, but yeah, you just hope that the lads are keeping their heads screwed on. Of course, three games to go or two now that one before this game on Saturday. Um, and you know, we're gonna give it all basically, give it our all. It's gonna be an enormous occasion, Liam, isn't it? Because for, for, for very different reasons, we are even if we beat Portsmouth, and you might be listening to this podcast right now, and we may have got six points over Easter. We can't be any more than five points clear of the bottom four with still two games to play. So we can't be mathematically safe come what may. We could be right back on the edge of the bottom four. We won't be inside the relegation zone, regardless of what happens against Portsmouth. But even so, for very different reasons, it, it's it's going to be a really, a really interesting game. Um, in terms of your home form, Liam, what can we expect coming to Stadium MK? Is it is it a real what what what's it all about? Because I've never been before, and I don't think many of the players will have played there before either. Yeah, it's a. I think a lot. What everyone says when they come to the stadium, it's a fantastic venue to play football in. Um, now, whether that encourages you to play there or um, you know does the opposite to you playing there, it's up to the squad and the the, the players Eric Hans got at his proposal. I think that in terms of our home form, it was it's very wishy washy. Um, it's the first half of the season. I think as the run-ins come in, we've actually upped our form a lot more and got some really crucial wins at home. And then, of course, Saturday happening at Sheffield Wednesday, which isn't an ideal result. Um, 
but overall, no, it's, it's about it's about top eight home form, I think. So it's you know it's where where you kind of need it to be. Obviously, our away form has really carried us this season and really put us where we are in the league. And of course, um, our, our hope is that for the last two away games in Oxford, I'm if we can continue that going forward. Um, but of course, it's the last home game of the season, so I'm, I'm sure the players will want to put on a show for the fans and you know essentially take us into that final game. You know, at the very least, in the position to get second, if not being controlled of second place by then. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be. As I said it's going to be a very, very exciting occasion. And, uh, hopefully, I'm sure both players, both sets of players, will be up for it and uh, see who takes hold of it on the day. So tell us everything we need to know then about a Liam Manning MK Don side. So many teams in League One play with the back three, and uh, you guys are no different. Yeah, so it's a, it's a three four two one. Um, it started off the season as a three five two, but we transitioned into a three four two one and. I imagine that'd be the case now. Now my wife, my wife is injured, that it'll be uh, probably a front three of Theo Corbenu, who came in January from Wolves on loan. Of course, it's Sheffield Wednesday earlier in the season. Uh, of course, Scott Twine will be the other man alongside True Parrot, I imagine, up front. And yeah, the, the play style is very much possession with purpose. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's keeping the ball, but it's also trying to limit your actions as much as possible in terms of getting the ball at field. I think if you go back and look at some of the goals this season at home, you can clear, clearly see that that style of football, you know, it's it's three to four passes through the middle of the park. It's it's not, I think the main, the main difference between that and Russell Martin's team when it was MK Dons was that it was keeping the ball and essentially limiting, increasing your actions to limit your opponent's actions and things like that. I think the opposite is very much the case now in that, in that perspective. Um, and it's also using width, you know, our wing-backs, especially Kane Kessler-Hayden on loan from Aston Villa, very attacking fullback, um, got so much quality going forward and has been lucky not to get more goal contributions that he has this season for us. Um, and of course, Daniel Harvey on the other side is um, a brilliant crosser of the football, um, likes to keep the structure of the team and often counteracts against these counterattacks that teams like to operate against us. And um, yeah, we've seen some teams try and operate a front three against our back three. So it was a key, I don't know if you watched the game um, on Saturday night, but Berahino, Bannon and um, the other fourth Sheffield Wednesday really did that against our back three. And, you know, it worked to a certain extent. So maybe that's a tactic that some teams try to implement on us going forward. But typically we like to, we like to use our back three to uh, bring the ball forwards into Coventry, uh, intertwine, then up to the striker who hopefully puts it in the back of the net. But yeah, it, it's a fun style of football to watch. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's reason why I get so many plaudits um, across the media, across the fans. And um, yeah, fortunately for us, you know, we've got the quality of players to um, actually do it properly. And uh, that's why we are in the league. It's going to be up against the 4-3-3 then on, on Saturday. You talk about three at the back against the forward three. And that's exactly how it's going to be. You're going to be dominating possession, though. It's the Derek Adams way. Give the opposition the ball in areas where it won't hurt us. Try and hit you on the break and create some quality chances and score enough goals. And that's how we got the win against uh, Charlton on Good Friday. It's how we beat Oxford. It's how we beat Burton Albion. Uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. So that's going to be a fascinating battle. I suppose you can't look at the league table though too much. When you look at the opposition, and I say this week in, week out, whoever comes on the podcast, Liam, and the, the tally keeps going up actually, but uh, you look at somebody that's got 26 goals to their name and hasn't made the EFL's shortlist <laughs> for player of the season. I, I've no idea how. I know Scott Twine absolutely deserves it, of course, but yeah. Michael Smith's call, I don't know. Anyway. They don't look past the top five, do they? That's for another time, perhaps. But you look at an opposition team who's got 26 goals, striker to uh, in their ranks, and that must worry you to some extent. 
Oh yeah, listen, he's, he's a great player, and there's, there's a reason why. Like even championship teams are looking at Cole Stockton and saying, "Oh, you know, I might want to keep an eye on him going forward." Um, you know, I, I think most Morgan fans will probably accept that he's not going to be Morgan player next season, regardless of what league you're in. Um, I imagine it'd be League One now, based off where you are in the league. Um, but yeah, no, he's a fantastic player, and I think you know he's a player who can just create anything on the day. And um, of course, he, he is the one player to watch. But you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about, there's there's plenty of players to look out for. Um, from this fleet, um, Morgan team, we certainly are a, a different animal. I think, as you've alluded to uh, previously, the Stephen Robinson way of playing to Derek Adams. Uh, I think the whole philosophy is different. The formation is broadly similar. Broad the four three three is broadly similar, but certainly in the style of play, low possession, low block, hit on the break, and uh, the difference in personnel, of course, as well. From when we played you guys last time, we've got a much better goalkeeper now, Trevor Carson. We've got uh, better defenders. And uh, Derek Anderson has brought more players in, I suppose, from the cold, actually. A couple of players that were completely out of the picture under Stephen Robinson, and they are they are flourishing. So uh, despite what the league table might suggest, it, it, it's certainly not going to be a walk in the park. That said, we have only won three games away from home all season. Our, our away win against Charlton on Easter Friday uh, was our first away win for nearly five months. So uh, it's the swings and roundabouts, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and um, a bit of a spoiler, but I actually expect you guys to pick up the three points against Portsmouth on Easter Monday. So that puts you what, on 44 points? That would be 44 I, I think, points and that would be enough, yeah. I think. Yeah, so I reckon, you, I reckon you'll be fine by the time you come to Milton Keynes. So obviously that, that helps us a lot. Um, doesn't mean that you'll take your you know the, the pedal off the or take your your pedal off the rates or anything, anything like that, but it helps us a lot in terms of going out there and you know taking on a team that in a previous project campaign in Yeovil who weren't really playing for much either on the day and uh, we we absolutely battered. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Liam. Appreciate your time. Uh, let's have a couple of predictions then from you, uh, if we can. Firstly, the game itself on Saturday and uh, we were super impressed with MK Dons at the Mazuma earlier in the season. One of the best teams that we have come across uh, all campaign. You are where you are for a reason, of course. Can you get promotion, be automatic or otherwise? Yeah, I do think we'll get second. Um, I think Rotherham's fixtures are so tough and you know, going to Sunderland as, as your game in hand is probably the toughest game in hand you could possibly have. And they're going to need the three points as much as they are. Um, and I quite find Sunderland in that game, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be the key game. Um, I think we need seven points out of the last three games to get automatics. And that puts us on 90 points and on a pretty good probability chance of getting to second place. Um, and that probably results in getting three points against you guys. Um well, I mean, will it be a battering? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping so. Um, you know, the, traditionally, when we had a promotion campaign, there's always been that one team that we absolutely you know, just ran through. Um, of course, the, the Mo injury doesn't help that, I don't think. But um, no, I do think we'll, we'll collect the three points at Stadium K to finish our home season, at least for the regular season on a high. Um, yes, I think score-wise, it, it could be anything, but I'm hoping it's a big one. I knew you'd say that. Uh, Liam, thanks very much indeed. I suppose if you get uh, 90 points and don't get automatic promotion, well, it has been an absolutely exceptional season, hasn't it? I think think you'll do it. I think Rotherham, we played Rotherham a few weeks ago and they were were great in the first half. They went 2-0 up and then we absolutely hammered them in the second half. Just couldn't couldn't get the ball in there and we lost 2-0. 
Um, we, sh- we should have beaten them really on the second half performance. That, they are rocking at the moment, aren't they? So it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Liam, good luck. Give us the po- uh, plug for the podcast one more time. Yeah, thanks very much for having us on again, Dave. Um, the podcast is the MK1 podcast. If you search on any um, you know, Spotify, Apple podcast, regardless of what platform this to, we'll be on there. Um, and yeah, same for Twitter, MK1 podcast. Uh, Liam, thanks again. Uh, good luck for the season. And uh, we, we may or may not speak next season. Who, who can tell? I mean, we might be, we could be two divisions apart. We might be in the same league. Who can tell? But thanks very much indeed. No, it's best of luck, guys. A massive thanks to Liam Connolly, one of the hosts of the MK1 podcast, the Milton Keynes Dons fans pod, to get the full lowdown on Liam Manning's men ahead of what's well, going to be a great occasion, isn't it? A massive afternoon ahead next Saturday. MK Dons, of course, going for automatic promotion. It's going to be a super, super tough test for the Shrimps. And if you're not heading down to Stadium MK, full commentary, of course, as ever, on Shrimps Live. Saturday afternoon, we'll be live on FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio across North Lancashire and South Cumbria from 2.45. And of course, via I Follow Shrimps as well, if you are listening or watching online. And that's just about it for this episode of the Shrimps Verdict Podcast. Uh, tell your friends, subscribe, download, hit the bell button uh, to get alerts of forthcoming episodes as well. Thanks so much as ever for your support. We always appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.